I'm Austin, and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. This talk kicks off our three-week teaching series, In Bounds. Living in bounds is a choice to get in the game and move with God in complete obedience. Getting in the game doesn't happen by accident, though. It happens when we make the decision to join God in our life journey. So join us for the next three weeks as we look at living in bounds and being in the game with God. We begin a new series today called In Bounds. And I've talked to you guys about this in the past, about how I'm not really that athletic of an individual. That's just something that got skipped in my life and it's never been part of who I am. Although, I was told a couple of weeks ago when I punted that globe on Sunday morning that I looked pretty athletic. I think people were just making fun of me, but I'll take it. That's all good. I'm not really very athletic, but I love sports. I do. I love watching my kids play sports. I love watching Mike and Mike in the morning. It's my favorite show. I love the drama and the intensity of two people or two teams competing and getting after it. I even enjoy coaching. And I want to tell you about the soccer season of 2009. I want to let you in on a little part of my life. So before we moved here, I had the wonderful privilege of coaching one of my sons, Chandler, and his soccer team. And I was really excited about doing that. And so we signed him up and I signed myself up as a coach. And it was my first time coaching. And I'd never done it before. So I'm really energized about this. I'm excited. I'll get to watch him and coach him. And this is going to be a lot of fun. And it was a very unique soccer league. It was a four-on-four league with a very small field and no goalies. And so the idea of the game is that you had to have a lot of teamwork, you had to have a lot of ball control, and you had to stay in bounds. And if you were able to pull that off, then you would probably have some measure of success as a team. And so I went to the coaches' training, and I heard them say that the purpose of the league is to create a safe environment for kids to learn the game of soccer and to just have a lot of fun. And I was all good with that. I had no problem with that at all. But I was there to win a national championship. I mean, I was going to make a name for myself as a coach. And I was really excited about this. And yeah, we were going to have fun. And the kids were going to learn the game of soccer. But I mean, we were going for the BCS title here. We were not messing around. And so I got my team. And sure enough, I had a couple of ringers. I mean, I had some third and fourth grade players They knew what they were doing. And I were just convinced in my mind that if we could stay in bounds and if we had ball control, that we would be able to go undefeated and win the national title. And so we got together and we started to practice and we played our first two games and we blew up every team. I mean, we were incredible. We scored a lot of points, and people were whining because they thought we were running up the score on them. But I'm like, hey, there's no goalies. I'm not sure exactly what to do. I can't pull them back. We're just having fun. You know, figure it out. Stay in bounds, and you'll have some success too. So this is kind of what happened. And we made it through the season and got to the last game of the year, and we were undefeated. Nobody could touch us. 
The last game of the year, we had to play another team that was undefeated, and they were pretty good. And I knew it was going to be a tough game for us. They were also coached by my boss at the time. My boss at that time was Brian Pipping, who actually taught last week. And so all week long, we were talking trash in the office. And all week long, all I could think about was trying to beat him, and I didn't want to be nice about it. I mean, nice enough not to lose my job or anything, but I wanted the national title. And so Saturday came, and we played the game. It was intense, and my team won 4-2, to and we won the national title for the third and fourth grade division. It was great. We had a great time. We jumped up and down, and we went crazy. And outside of learning that I have some issues with competition, and I've never coached again, which is probably a good thing, I discovered that it was incredibly valuable to stay in bounds. The field was just too small, and the game was too quick to blast the ball. You had to live, and you had to play between the lines. You had to stay in bounds. Now think about this. God wants all of us in his game. God wants that for you in the worst kind of way. He wants you. He wants us to be in bounds. And God's boundaries really aren't limiting at all. They actually free us to move and to win. So as we begin this series, I want to throw out a little uh, definition of what it actually means to live in bounds. So here's what it means. It's the choice to get in the game spiritually and move with God in complete obedience. It's a choice. And that's kind of the key word there. The choice to get in the game spiritually and just move with God and go all out for him. Which brings us to our big idea for today. And that is make the choice. I mean, you do this. We need to do this. Let's make the choice to get in the game spiritually and move with God in complete obedience. This is what God wants for every single person in this room. Now, let's ask the question. Is this a challenge for us? Living in bounds? Getting in the game spiritually and moving with God in total obedience? Is this kind of a hard thing? Is this challenging for us? Do we even need to take time to talk about this at all? Well, I want to share three questions with you that will kind of frame this for us. Here's question one. Have you ever been afraid to get in the game spiritually? Has that ever frightened you or tipped you over? And what does that mean? And how do you pull that off? And I think the theme behind that question is, what am I going to have to give up? Because if I get in the game and I live between the lines, I'm going to have to give up something. I'm going to have to abandon something. That's just the way God works. Question two. Have you ever been afraid to move with God? I think the theme behind that question is, how boring could this possibly get? I mean, if I do have to give things up and abandon things, and I've got to move with God, this is going to be terrible. It's going to be a bad way to live. It's going to be boring. Question three, have you ever been afraid of complete obedience? 
Like if I just went crazy for God and I got really missional, what would that look like? And what if God wanted me to move in this direction? And what if God wanted me to speak to a particular individual about what he's done in my life? What if God wants me to give and to share and to be really, really generous? What if I just got crazy for God and got missional? What would that look like? And I think the theme behind that question is, what are other people going to think about me if I do that? They're going to think I'm crazy. I want to share three groups with you. And as I walk through these different groups, I want you just to think about where you might be in relationship to these groups. Group number one, I believe in God and the gospel of Christ enough to benefit from it. Like, I believe in God, and I'm good with God. Yay, God. Go, God. He's incredible, and he's awesome. But let's not get too carried away with this. I believe in God enough to benefit from him, but let's kind of just cap it right there. For group number one, they're in the game. They belong to God. There's no doubt about that. But they're probably on the sideline, just kind of watching. Not really that engaged. Group number two says, I believe in God and Christ's gospel enough to contribute comfortably. And the key word there is comfortable, meaning as long as I'm okay with it and as long as I maintain some of my comfort and as long as I don't have to give up too much, I'll be good with this. Group number two, they're in the game. They belong to God. No doubt about that, but they're probably on the sideline as well, just kind of watching all of the action. And then there's group number three, and they say, I believe in God and Christ's gospel enough to give my total life for it. And this is the type of inbounds living that we're talking about. Group number three, they're in the game, they're on the field, they're living between the lines, and they're moving with God, and they're happy about that. Even though everything around them might not be going their way, they're okay because they're moving with God. The paragraph that we're going to unpack today is found in Daniel chapter 1. And we find an individual there named Daniel who really made the choice to live in bounds. And it's probably the greatest example we have in Scripture of someone who had the opportunity to just kind of lose it and run out of bounds, and they didn't do that. They made the right choice. And so if you have a Bible, you can turn to Daniel chapter 1, and when you get there, you're going to discover that it begins with a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar. And he's a king, and he's kind of an important individual. He's probably the most powerful man in the known world at that time. And King Nebuchadnezzar decided to invade the city of Jerusalem where Daniel and his family lived. And back in the day when King Nebuchadnezzar would invade a city, he would look for the youngest and the brightest and the sharpest individuals, and he would capture them and then take them back to his city so that they could work for him. He wanted really, really smart people around him. He wanted the best of the best, and so he would capture them and take them to his home, and one of the individuals that he captures is Daniel. What's really unique about this is that Daniel is probably in the 15 to 18-year-old range 
when this happens. Now, just think about yourself when you were 15 to 18 years old. I don't know about you, but brightest and sharpest were not tags attached to my name when I was that age. Maybe it was for you, but not for me. It was for Daniel, though. And how do we know this? Well, in chapter 1, King Nebuchadnezzar begins to talk to his chief of staff, and he gives some instructions, and here's what we find in in verse 4. Nebuchadnezzar says, Select only strong, healthy, and good-looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well-versed in every branch of learning and that they are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens and they were to be trained for three years and then they would enter the royal service. So here we've got Daniel. And he's tall, dark, and whatever. I mean, he is a good-looking individual. And intellectually, he was extremely knowledgeable. Socially, he was smooth. I mean, this is the best of the best. This is the kind of guy that you want your daughter to bring home and say, he's the one. I'm going for him, and I'm going to spend my life with him. That's Daniel. And the best thing about Daniel is that he made the choice to live in bounds. Now, let's just think about this for a moment because here's what we discover about living in bounds. I mean, here's what it takes if we actually want to do this. First of all, it takes a choice. It takes a choice. Every day, all of the time. And tomorrow, it takes a choice. All of the time. And next week, and next month, And next year, it takes a choice. And it's every day, all of the time. I love what we find in verse 8. It says, but Daniel was determined. You see that word there? It means he purposed. He had this established in his mind. It was fixed. All right, so Daniel is a 15 to 18-year-old kid. And he has purposed in his mind. He has determined what? Not to defile. You see that word defile? It means to pollute or to stain. So see, Daniel's got this all figured out. He's like, I'm going to live in bounds. I'm going to get in the game spiritually, and I'm going to move with God in complete obedience, and I'm not going to pollute or stain myself with anything at all. I am purposed. I am determined. I've got this fixed in my mind, and I'm in good shape, and I'm going to run with this, and I'm going to stay in bounds. This is Daniel. So he's determined not to pollute himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. And so he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. Now, what's so unacceptable about these foods here? Well, it's very likely that these were foods that had been offered to idols in the Babylonian kingdom. And God, way back in the day, said, look, if you come across food that's been offered to an idol, you can't touch it. That's just out of bounds. And if you eat that, if you enjoy that, no matter how good it is, you will land out of bounds. So just avoid all of that. And Daniel knew it. He knew what that food was all about. And he knew where it had been. And so he purposed not to stain himself by eating the king's food, even though it probably looked pretty good. 
Verse 9. Now God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my Lord the king who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. All right, right there, I'm out. Because if somebody's head is getting lopped off, I don't want any part of that. I think I would bend. I mean, I think I'd give in and say, all right, it's true. This isn't worth it, and I'll just run out of bounds for a bit, and I'll come back a little bit later. But that's not Daniel. That's not what he did. He was determined, he was fixed, not to pollute himself with all of this. And he did it with a lot of respect for authority that wasn't exactly pro-God. It's not like the Babylonians were jumping up and down saying, yeah, your God is wonderful, let's go that way. It wasn't happening. Verse 11, Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggest, uh, suggestion and tested them for 10 days. Now, this is kind of interesting because when you think about it, who really cares, right? It's just food, and Daniel's not in his city. He's not around his parents. There are no religious people spying on him. Just run out of bounds, bend a little bit here, and eat the king's meat because you really don't want to make the king mad anyway Somebody might die, and it's not worth losing your life. Or is it? See, Daniel's choice to live in bounds didn't change because he was on a different field. Daniel's choice to live in bounds didn't change because he was in a different city. Daniel's choice to live in bounds didn't change because he was in a different stadium. Life wasn't situational for Daniel. It was intentional. See, living in bounds is never accidental. It's not like we say, you know, accidentally I find myself obeying God today. I mean, that just doesn't happen for anybody. It's a choice. And it takes a lot of intentionality on our part to say, I'm going to live in bounds. I'm going to get in the game spiritually, and I'm going to move with God in complete obedience, holding nothing back. Verse 15. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. See, it worked. It worked, it worked, it worked. And when we move with God in complete obedience, it works. So here's what else we discover about living in bounds. It gives God the opportunity to show himself strong. I mean, when we make this choice, it just invites God into the picture and he shows himself strong. I love this. Verse 17, it says, God gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. Now, here's the deal with that. That does not happen. They don't get unusual aptitude to understand all kinds of things. And Daniel doesn't get this gift 
that comes in really handy later in his life to interpret these dreams if they don't first make the choice to obey God. But he did that, and his friends did that, and God was able to show up and prove himself to be very strong. Has this ever happened to you? Where you're kind of moving along in life and you believe you're obeying God and you know you're not perfect, but you're just trying and you're working at it. And all of a sudden, God kind of just shows up and smiles at you. And maybe that happens in a key relationship in life. And God is just really strong there for you. Or maybe it happens in your financial world. That God just shows up and he's strong. Or maybe it happens in your marriage or with your kids. Or maybe it happens with some type of habit that you're trying to dismiss from your life. And you're obeying God and you're walking with him and God shows up and he proves himself to be very strong. See, God can do this and he wants to do that for you. Do you want that? I mean, do you want God to show up in your life and prove himself to be strong? Then choose to obey God in a significant area in your life and just watch what happens. I mean, test them and see what happens. Well, here's what else we discover. Living in bounds leads to advancement on God's timeline. Not my timeline, but God's timeline. Verse 19, the king talked with them and no one impressed him as much as Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. They got the job. They got the advancement. And whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them ten times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. And the amazing thing about Daniel is that he made the choice to live in bounds, even though it really looked like it could potentially cost him a lot. He didn't mind. He knew that God was over it all, and he knew that God would advance him if he wanted to on God's timeline. And so Daniel kind of placed his life in God's hand, and it led to some advancement. I want to share some takeaways with you. Some things that you can walk out of here in just a moment and do based on what we discover here from the life of Daniel, an individual who lived in bounds. Here's takeaway number one. Make the choice to live in bounds because it's the best way to live. I mean, if you have embraced Jesus as leader and forgiver, this is the best way to live, in bounds. So make that choice question. Where do we find that? I mean, where do we discover that? How do we know what God wants us to do so we can actually obey him? Well, we find it in God's word. It's there and it provides clarity and it helps us to live in bounds. That's why every Sunday we unpack a paragraph and we're committed to finding and discovering the words of God. It's why we encourage you on your own to jump into the pages of Scripture and find what God has for you. It's why every believer, everybody who claims to know God should be feeding themselves. It's why God says the grass withers and the flowers fade, 
But the word of God lasts forever. The Bible is a big deal. And if we push it away like it's not important, and if we pretend that we don't have any time for it at all, we'll land out of bounds. It'll happen. This is still the first month of a new year. And it's not too late for you, for us, to make the commitment to be in God's word on a regular basis. So you got to chase that for you. you got to figure out what that means for you. But I really want to challenge you to think about that. Go to BibleGateway.com. Go to YouVersion.com. Actually pick up a Bible and just begin the process of reading. Because if you only get what you hear on Sunday, it's not enough. And you'll starve spiritually. And so we got to get really focused on this and say, God's word is a big deal. And we've got to make the choice to get into it because it will help us like no other way stay and live between the lines. One of the greatest ways you can also do this is to jump into a life group. And we have groups that meet here at Valley Point Church throughout the week. And they investigate what God says in his word. And you can get around other people. And together, you can chase what it means to live in bounds. You can sign up for that on your connection card. You can walk out into the lobby and get information at guest services. I'd encourage you to do that because if we're going to live in bounds, it takes a heavy dose of God's word, and it's possible. Takeaway number two. Take a, a long, hard look at your appetites. Just take a long, hard look at the appetites that you have. Are they helping you move with God? Or are your appetites taking you away from God? I think we all have appetites. Our appetites are good. They're given to us by God. We have achieving appetites, and we have sexual appetites, and we have appetites, appetites. And that's all given to us by God. But when we choose to fulfill those appetites in ways that are not righteous, then we will land way out of bounds. So take a long, hard look at your appetites. Those things that are helping you move with God, do more and more of that and find more and more of those things. But if you've got appetites that are taking you away from God, then dump them, get rid of them, and find something that will help you stay and play between the lines. Takeaway number three, make the choice to live in bounds even if it appears like you may lose. I think the assistant came to Daniel several times and said, Daniel, look, uh, this is not good. (laughs) We're in a lot of trouble here. Somebody's going to die if you do this according to your plan. And I don't think Daniel cared. I think he was so committed and so focused on being completely obedient to God that even if he lost, it was going to be okay because that's what God wanted for him. And so he placed his life into the hands of an amazing God. And Daniel didn't lose. Let me ask you a question. Are you a sideliner? you hanging out on the sides kind of watching everybody else do things for God? You know, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to be there. And God doesn't want you to be there. 
He wants you to be in bounds between the lines. So make the choice today to get in the game spiritually and move with God in complete obedience. Father, we are so thankful for a few moments just to consider what you want to say to us in Daniel chapter 1. And God, this is just an incredible chapter. And Daniel is an amazing individual. And God, you used him in miraculous ways. And God, that all happened because he made the choice to live in bounds. Now, this is what I want from my life. I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be out of bounds. I want to be in bounds and moving with you and living between the lines. It's the best way to live. And God, I want that for everybody in this room that they would just know today that they can and should make the choice to not stand on the sidelines, but to get in the game spiritually because that's where you want them and to move with you in complete obedience. God, this is a huge challenge for all of us. I pray that you'd help us to look at the stuff in our lives and that we would be willing to drop those things that take us away from you and put us on the sideline and throw us out of the game and help us to be willing to chase those things that help us move with you. God, we know that you can do that. We ask for that and we ask for your strength and your support as we walk out of here and attempt to do that now. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.